Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show where we try to help IT professionals and managed service providers run your business better, smarter, and faster. The show is presented by NetAlly, your number one ally in the industry for diagnosing, troubleshooting, and designing networks better, smarter, and faster as well. As I mentioned earlier, this is a crossover episode we just finished. Being on the All Things MSP podcast, Eric Anthony is the host of that show, and he's with me now here. Eric, how are you? I'm doing great, sir. Ready for hour number two. Hour number two. And uh, for those of you that are watching live, we thank you for joining us, and especially if you hung out for hour one. This is the regular time for the Wednesday live show for the IT Business Podcast. We stream on YouTube, LinkedIn, and the Facebook simultaneously. And we are also simulcasting to your channels as well, Eric, right? Yes, we are. All except for the YouTube channel because that one was just a little funky and couldn't get it done in time. But that's okay because I will go ahead and post the recording on YouTube later and Quite honestly, I think most people watch the live streams on uh, Facebook and, and LinkedIn anyway. All right. So uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, as you can see, we really scripted this out <laughs> as per normal. And no, there will be no editing as per usual. Uh, so Eric, why don't we do this? Let's tell everybody a little bit about the All Things MSP podcast for those that do not know. Um, that is a show that you do, and it's fairly new, right? Yeah. So the All Things MSP podcast, uh, we're just really celebrated our three-month anniversary. Uh, amazingly, we've been consistent, which is very hard to do uh, when you're doing a podcast or a live stream. In fact, the live stream has not been quite as consistent as the podcast. The podcast, I have a co-host, makes it a little bit easier. Uh, but we've been around, the podcast has been around for 90 days, been going great, have had some great guests. Uh, the live stream has been going on sporadically for uh, probably almost a year at this point. Um, I say sporadically because I do take some time off, you know, from time to time. Well, you have a family, uh, I got to right? figure out that recording thing. <laughs> the recording thing. Yeah, I don't know that either. I just go live, press publish. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, you make so, it happen. Yeah. You make it happen. So you mentioned that the All Things MSP was uh, first a live stream, now a podcast. Now tell us about All Things MSP in total, because it actually sounds a little bit more than the live stream and the podcast. Yeah. All Things MSP, I started it about five years ago as a Facebook group. I actually looked at early beginnings, I actually started a LinkedIn group, but then I realized that LinkedIn groups were starting to just fail mm. all over the place. Okay. So I, I figured out, you know, that everybody else was going to Facebook. So created this Facebook group. It's been a great opportunity for me to stay engaged with the MSP community, even though there are times when I'm, you know, not out traveling uh, and being on the road, depending on, you know, what my day job is at any given time. And I really wanted to make it something a little bit different. So we do focus more on the business operations, the sales and marketing side, rather than the technical side. And I really started it to be an extension of the experience, not only my own experience of running a break fix and MSP for almost 17 years, but also all of the experience that I knew the rest of the community had and was willing to share. One of my first jobs when I switched from the, you know, owning my own MSP to the vendor side was as a sales engineer and then a manager for the sales engineering team at a company called GFI Max. The products that were there uh, are now sitting with uh, the company called Enable, if you're familiar with them. And I just, I was talking to so many MSPs all the time that I was like, there's this wealth of knowledge that I need to pull into a location. And that's really where All Things MSP was born. And then I kind of got into the video side of it as a hobby and started doing more video production. That's where the YouTube channel of uh, part of All Things MSP came in from. And then when live streaming became a thing, I just naturally gravitated into that. And then 
everybody's doing a podcast, so I had to do a podcast. <laughs> of course, everybody. Now, let me ask this because you're you're on the dark side. You're you're on the vendor side, but you're doing a podcast that is primarily MSP focused, but not from a vendor perspective. So the first question I'm going to ask is, did the vendors approve this or did you just tell them I'm going to do it? Sucks to be you. (laughs) So for when I started it, I didn't really ask for permission from there, but then they were really okay with it because I was doing not the same content, but similar content for them as well. And they didn't see it as a conflict okay? because they, they, they felt that I was providing good information to the entire industry. And if I was attached to that and I was attached to them, that it was benefiting everybody. It would drive business to them and they they were looking for the ROI. Yes. And then in my current position, I made them aware of it up front before they hired me so that they could say yes or no, you know, when, before they hired me. All right. Now, is this something that you're looking to build beyond the community? I mean, is there, are there plans with this? What, where are you going? So I short answer. Yes. (laughs) Now, am I going to make that much different? I don't think so. I want to do more, but I don't want to branch out much farther, right? Like I'm not going to start up a conference. Right. Okay. There's plenty of those. Yes. Speaking of, I meant to ask you sidebar here and we're going to plug uh, TechCon Unplugged. Where is TechCon Unplugged this year? It is in New Jersey. Okay. So I won't be anywhere close by. Well, you could be. I will actually be on a cruise. <laughs> oh. So that's why the dates were like, wait, I have something. But if it was going to be in Tampa, I might be able to squeeze it in a little bit. No, I think, I think Florida is in the next rotation, I think in two years. So, but back to what I want to do with all things MSP, I want to continue to grow the value of it primarily for its members. Okay. And you know, that's why I started the office hours things because the podcast is fun. The live stream is fun, but they're not as, educational as I think some of this content needs to be. And that's why I wanted to come up with something different. That's what office hours is. It's more of a, a webinar educational type of format so that we can produce that type of content for, for the community. I also hope that I will be able to travel to more of the shows uh, possibly as all things MSP in the future uh, and that's one of, you know, if, if you were here for the first hour and you caught that last part at the end, um, we are now selling sponsorships for all things MSP, as well as advertising spots on the podcast and the live stream, uh, primarily so that we can up the production value of all things MSP so that we can go out and generate more and better content. And so that I have the opportunity to be live face to face with more of the community throughout the year. All right. So let me ask you this question. Uh, I applaud what you're doing and I'm all for community and involvement, but it seems as though, like you said, everybody's got a podcast. It seems like every vendor is also coming up with a podcast or a partner live event or an ask me anything. And that's not a, a shout out to anybody in particular, but there are so many of these things happening, are you finding any type of issue or pushback or crossover concerns or anything like that as you're building this community? Not really. Okay. Uh, I think everybody has their own spin on it, right? Your podcast is different from mine is different from Dave's, you know, and we're talking about Dave Sobel and there's so many others like you talked about, especially vendor ones that are popping out because I think it is a good way for vendors to get in front of, of the community. But I, I kind of take the same kind of mindset to this that I would take to being an MSP right now. There is more work and, and more stuff to do than there are MSPs to do it. I think that still holds for what we do in terms of content. Now conferences that gets a little tougher because it's, there's a limit to the amount of time 
and resources that you can put into the travel, right? I, I think there's too many conferences, to be honest with you. I would tend to agree. I think we've hit a kind of a saturation point with conferences. I think with podcasts and things like that, with content in general, yeah, I don't think that's the case because I think there's enough differences in the way we all look at this thing that there's room for those viewpoints. Yeah. But yeah, for the conferences, it has gotten to be a little much. I think that may be a result of coming out of the pandemic and everybody was in such a rush to get out there again. Right. That's true. And I think that everybody was trying to get an edge. Maybe if somebody did not get out of the gate right away, you know, those people that wanted to be first maybe suffered a little, you know, with attendance and maybe didn't put out as, as great a content. Now they're getting better this year. I, I've been to a few. I'm actually taking the summer off and my next event will be TechCon in September. But then there's a, an ASCII, the ASCII cup I'll attend and we're looking at doing the IT nation. But, you know, my original intent was maybe one a quarter. And the difference for me is I still run my MSP. That's my day job. And I, I, I'm not going to be the business owner that gets it to the point where somebody else runs it and let me just go off and do what I want to do. You know, this podcast is not going to get much bigger. I mean, like you, you know, are talking about yours, not letting it get too big. I'm, you know, I'll do what I can do. I'm not going to build a community because I'm part of other communities. I don't need to compete against everybody else for a community. We may need to, you know, compete for listeners or whatever, but, you know, there's enough out there that I don't need to do that. So I'm finding a balance between my life, my business, and the podcast. And I think that's important, right? I I mean, I've taken, this is my first live stream in three weeks, right? I took the last two weeks off of my live stream uh, because one of the reasons I do my live stream on Wednesday nights at the time that I do it is because, quite honestly, my wife is not home. She has something on Wednesday nights, and it makes it very convenient for me to do that live stream on Wednesday nights. But for those two weeks, and actually this week too, but I'm making an exception, um, she has been off from that obligation, and so I took that time off specifically to spend time with her. So I I really appreciate the, the life balance, the work balance, uh, but this, you know, we, we both have a passion for this. We both have a passion for the community that we serve. And, and I think that's where the dedication and the consistency comes from. Nice. Nice. Uh, does your church serve at the, uh, fellowship dinner at church on Wednesday nights? No, she sings in the choir. So choir practices on <laughs> okay. Wednesday nights. I figured it had to be something like that. Wednesday nights was uh, always a big church night. Yep. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, Southern Baptist here. What were, what were, what are you guys? Uh, we are independent Baptist, oh, I guess is probably oh. the best way to okay. put it. Well, I'm not Southern Baptist anymore, but that's what I was growing up. So it was, I was Episcopalian growing up. So, you know, pew aerobics. Okay. Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Tuesday night, Bible study, Wednesday night fellowship and Friday night follies. And that didn't include the years that I was youth minister and led the softball team all summer. Okay, so so you know that that's oh, so I was I was a paid youth pastor for two years. Okay, nice. I just I just did a summer. I was a very small church, and you know, but it was nobody else stepped up to do it. I was willing to do it, and. I was doing that while running my break fix. Now, here's the question, because so when I did it and see that, well, I did it twice. Let me, let me go back and just be completely open and honest and transparent. So I did it twice. So the first time I did it was at my home church and I had the entire youth group. The second time I did it was at a United Methodist church where there was a junior high and a senior high. And I did the senior high and somebody else did the junior high. 
So for your church, did you do the entire youth group? I did the entire because it was so small. Okay. Um, we only had, I think at most, we had about 24. All right. Now, did that entail, you know, during the school year, you were doing a youth Sunday school? Did you do youth events at the church and then do their after-school activities and stuff? I mean, was it the full gamut? It was not, uh, because we only had, we did not have a Sunday school for teenagers. They were expected to be in church. Okay. Um, but we did have Sunday nights was, was youth group. And, uh, then we would meet for smaller groups once a week, uh, for some of the older kids. Okay. All right. That's enough religious talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we, we actually didn't lose any viewers during that. Nope. We did not. So thank goodness. All right, so back to, well, all things MSP was, I, I, we kind of took a tangent there, but we were talking about, you know, the future plans and stuff that you're not going to, you know, make it too big, but you do have some stuff in the works. Is there, is there anything that you can announce here on the IT Business Podcast, or is that still under wraps? Um, well, I mean, there's the office hours. Okay. I'm actually trying to remember what you're talking about. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to see if there's something that. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm fishing. There is the office hours. The office hours is brand new. The first one, like I said, is Friday, although okay. we've recorded a couple that we will release over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, other than that and the sponsorships, uh, that's really about it because the sponsorships are brand new and I should probably plug in case any vendors are listening that you do get 50% off until the end of the month if you sign up today. So that's that's my plug for that. Um, it's, it is the end of the month. I got pitched, hey, I got pitched hard this morning. I, I can't, it happens. I can't tell you who the vendor – oh, I could, but I'm not going to. Right. Although I will talk about them later, so you can kind of guess. Uh, I got pitched if I were to able to – so I'm in a trial – with two opposing companies for the same service. And I got pitched today that if I sign up by Friday, not only will I get the 15% discount that I could get, you know, as being a member of ASCII or whatever, that I could get 80% off the first three months. That was after sending me an email yesterday to get 70% off. And I guess because I didn't respond to the email yesterday, they called me this morning to, to offer me that. You know, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. I do. I live on the dark side um, or I work on the dark side, I guess I should say, since we've talked about work-life balance already. Um, and I mean, there is end of month, end of quarter push. There absolutely is. Uh, when you get into a mature sales organization, it's kind of just the way it is. Um, and I've seen big MSPs act this way as well. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily the right way to do it because I think my personal opinion is as a vendor, you give away way too much money to get somebody to sign a deal that because of the way you got them to sign up, there's much more likelihood of them churning in the future. And I just don't subscribe to that. I subscribe to building a lifelong relationship and having a customer for, you know, at least five years. Well, I was going to say, because of the way that some of these are packaged, what is the amount of time that it takes to recoup those discounts? You know, the 15% discount, I get it. You're probably building that into your cost. So it's not a loss. Um, but to do those incentives and granted it was only for three months at 80%. And I've seen people do 50% for a year, which I assume that you've got to commit for a year minimum, or, you know, as the new Darth Vader three year commitment that everybody is so much dreads, there's gotta be that commitment in order to get that money back. Yeah. And that's, so that's an interesting topic that I actually would love to talk about. Let's go ahead. Um, and it is the the three-year agreement thing. I'll push back the commercial break. Let's go. Let's get into it. Well, no, we can. 
If we have to do a commercial break, we can do a commercial break. Oh, we'll do it. We're fine. It's my show. I can I can do it whenever I okay. want. Um, so we're not going to mention vendor names, right? Unless we have something good to say. Uh, okay. That's your rule, not mine. Okay. Well, because I don't need to say who the vendor is and everybody knows who the three-year vendor is. Um, what I find interesting about it, though, is how many people are commenting on how they are stipulating in their agreements with other vendors that if that vendor is acquired by the three-year vendor that they get out of their contract or they have an out of their contract. I think number one, that's interesting. It's okay. Who's putting that in the agreement? The, the three-year, the MSP is pushing it. Oh, the MSP is pushing for, for the that non three, three-year agreement company. Okay. So if they are just a vendor, that's not acquired by Darth Vader. Correct. That okay. If, we'll just start calling him Darth. Vader. I'm, I'm on month to month, and I want to be assured that if you get acquired by the dark side, that I stay month to month. I can't be rolled over into a three year. It's it's even more strenuous. It's it's more strong than that. Okay. It's I want to be able to get out of my contract. Oh, I just want to be able to leave. Right. Okay. So so it's even stronger than that. Now, what I find also interesting is that a certain vendor, Halo P- PSA is the vendor, um, who I, I actually like very much. Um, they have come out and, and said that they're not going to be acquired, that they're putting in these things where, you know, if, if something were to happen, people will know. And I, it was very interesting to see a vendor take that stance. I'm not surprised with the MSPs because there are a lot of very vocal MSPs out there. But for a vendor to come back and say that they're bucking this trend, right? But I but, thought was very interesting. But they, can they really say that? Because when the Brinks truck is backing up to your front door, everybody's got a price, right? Well, you know, I mean, Halo, even, I'm actually looking even, up. I'm, even Nick Saban I, tried to deny that he was not going to be the Alabama coach. <laughs> Half the room just went, what? Yeah. That's <laughs> a football reference, folks. So here's the so, thing. So I, while you're looking that up, so I am looking at a couple of vendors and one is a month to month and one is a one year commitment. And. I was always of the opinion that I wasn't going to do commitments, period. Because I don't force my customers to do that. Now, I've gotten customers to do what the one vendor's doing. It's, I've asked them, I'd like for you to commit to one year, and then we roll month to month. Because it takes three to six months just to get started, just to get to know everything. And I want to make sure that we do that. So I have asked that of customers. I've only had one pushback. And it was mainly because, well, we've already been a customer of yours for five years. Why do we need to commit <laughs> to a year? I said, okay, I got you. That's that's no big deal. Um, but right now, to be honest, the the issue for me isn't the month to month versus the year. Now, if it was a three year commitment, I might take pause, only because I don't want to be stuck because I don't make my customers get stuck. That's my only real issue with it. There's got to be a, there's got to be an out. Yeah. And you know, that's why I think the whole new Microsoft thing is. Suck. Just sucky. Yeah. Although it's not horrible because they still gave you the ability to do month to month. It just costs more. Right. Which is fine. I mean, that's, that's the way it should be. I'll pay more to be month to month. Yeah. See, I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um, if they want month to month, it should cost more because it is more of a risk for the MSP. Right. Yep. So did you find what you were looking for? I did not. And right. I'm so bummed because. Well, let me give you more time to look while we do the commercial. <laughs> I would do that. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, the IT Business Podcast is brought to you by NetAlly. I have mentioned them as your number one ally. They are the go-to solution for network testing and Wi-Fi analysis. 
helping network engineers and technicians deploy, manage, and maintain today's complex networks. And I will tell you this, I am so used to using my NetAlly tools that I was on a phone call last night with a customer dealing with Spectrum. I just, I so wanted to be able to have my tool at the customer location. I could not because the customer was somewhere north of Orlando and I'm in Fort Lauderdale. So that is three hours away, but it was so frustrating. It was a two hour phone call that really should have been about 15 minutes. And if I could have only been there with my tool to show the, show the technician, no, this is the problem. Trust me. And trying to get them to move cables and uh, it was a mess, but net ally tools help you fight through that frustration and uh, diagnose networking issues faster. Our live stream is presented by Computers Done Right. Say goodbye to computer woes with Computers Done Right, a managed IT services company providing computer repair, IT support, and management in Venice, Florida, and surrounding areas. They have a commitment to using only the best and most reliable parts. You can trust your computer will work when you need it the most. They offer a full range of IT solutions to help meet home and business needs. So get your computer fixed right with computers done right. And our sponsor, Instant House Call. Folks, if you are a small or medium-sized business looking for remote IT, look no further than Instant House Call. Even if you have another remote support tool, you might need something for on-demand support, IT uh, support that can be done with just a click, no pre-installed software. Instant House Call has all the features you want, including multi-monitor support, file transfer, chat, unattended access, custom branding, and more. You can try Instant House Call today for free for 15 days without a credit card and see how it can help your business. Head over to instanthousecall.com. And I don't have a slide, but I do want to thank some patrons that we have, those people that have signed up to give a monthly donation to the podcast, helping me to provide this genuine entertainment, all the gear. Uh, I'd like to thank Clark, Jason, Kyle, Tom, and the company Synchro that is providing uh, support through a patronage. All right, Mr. Anthony, did you find what you were looking for, as Wilson Phillips not. say? No? Okay. Want me, want me to blast a vendor for you? No. <laughs> okay. But I, I, I'm sure that I saw it on Reddit, and now I can't find it. Probably got taken down. Do they do that on Reddit? Not usually. I don't, I don't know Reddit. I know that there's a Facebook jail, right? There is. But on Reddit, by the way, if you're not a member of the MSP Reddit, definitely recommend. I know most of the mods and uh, great guys. All right. Well, let's talk briefly, if you would allow me, about Ignite, because that is your day job, right? Yep. So let's tell the listeners what Ignite is. So Ignite is a... At its core, it's a cloud file sharing service, right? So think SharePoint, OneDrive, Dropbox, Box, et cetera. Those are what you would typically think of as our main competitors. They're not necessarily, but think of the functionality that way. Uh, one of the differences that Ignite provides is that it's a map drive letter situation by default. Like that's out of the box. It's a map drive letter. You don't have to add something. You don't have to configure something. You don't have to install something extra. It works and looks like an on-premise file server. Uh, the permissions are almost exactly like NTFS. In fact, when you migrate from a, a regular Windows file server to Ignite, you don't have to, you, you can actually migrate the files and the permissions at the same time. So it makes it super simple, especially when you're going from on-prem to, to the cloud. And it's easy to use. It's It's got an agent, works very easily, but also it has a, a web interface. So, so that works well for certain people at the same time. Now, where we kind of diverge 
is in the security realm because Ignite behind the scenes has built this content classification engine that allows us to look at how the files are being used as well as the content inside of the files. So we can do a lot more when it comes to data privacy, data security, data compliance, those types of things with Ignite that you just can't do without significant add-on packages for those other those other solutions. And so even complex arenas like life sciences, like pharmaceuticals, medical equipment design, where you have human trials involved and there's just a lot of data privacy regulation around that and workflows, uh, we can handle that. We also handle things like CMMC, which is a big hot button word these days. So we can we can handle CMMC compliance for the data. And then we, in some unique ways, solve for problems that are kind of some hurdles for some of the other solutions, especially when it comes to like low bandwidth or large files. Uh, specifically, we work well in the architecture, engineering, construction industries because of this, uh, because you have some very common issues there. You have very large files, you have a lot of collaboration, and you have a lot of times low bandwidth because you have job site trailers. You know, I'm, I mean, Marv, do you have any construction clients? Uh, no, but I have an engineering firm. Okay. And so I had, when I was an MSP, I had several large construction companies and the, I, I actually was like the, the remote support for these construction companies because their main offices were like in Atlanta or Birmingham, but I was handling their, uh, systems in the uh, the Orlando market. Sorry, my my main monitor went black there for a second. Um, <laughs> it's not used to going this long, is it? <laughs> exactly. And so job site trailers were a thing and they had temporary internet. And even when in that time period, we had DSL and stuff like that, quite frequently, we didn't have it that far out um, because these were undeveloped areas. And so we were still dealing with dial-up. And so, you know, it just deals with those types of situations uh, a little bit better. And then we also have a lot of plugins and integrations for the AEC industry. All right. So I have a question that I've been holding for two weeks. Actually, two questions. But the first question that was probably the most integral, I have a client that is looking to work with a cloud uh, database program for their industry and we need to do uh, Azure AD Sync. They have a local on-prem network that we're going to partially lift them and do Azure. So does Ignite do Azure integration where those permissions that you talked about, uh, can that be integrated as part of you know an Azure AD infrastructure? Yes, we absolutely do. We do Azure AD integration. We also integrate with any SAML 2.0 uh, SSO provider. Okay. Sweet. And the second question you already answered to a degree in terms of large files, because this is, they are an entertainment company, but they do their own graphics and video production. So large video files, large graphic files, we're trying to figure out, okay, do we have to leave them on prem or is there a way that we can have those live in the cloud? So there is a way. And one of the unique solutions that Ignite has is we have a, a storage sync or, or a smart cache uh, option where you can actually put a virtual machine in a location where it'll cache the files locally, but then still maintain the master copy in the cloud. And the effect is that I can use those files at local speeds with whatever hardware makes sense for the number of users in the environment that I'm in going back to those job site trailers, right? I can actually put that software on a nook device. If there's only two or three people in the office to overcome that low bandwidth situation. Uh, we have actually, we have quite a few uh, marketing companies, content creation companies, YouTubers who um, use ignite to store and work on large video files. All right. Well, that sounds sweet. 
Let me ask you a side question now, not necessarily Ignite related, but are you finding that their world is truly moving to the cloud? I think the pandemic has really helped move opinion to cloud being acceptable now. And this has actually shown up in some of the research that CompTIA has done, where a lot more people are much more okay with the idea of their data living in the cloud. Now, not only is it living there, but is it truly protected there? I mean, because a lot of people think, well, if it's in the cloud, it's backed up. Not always true. So there's a lot of different aspects to that, right? From the security side, when we talk about is it safe? The data is safe from a security aspect because most of the time, the data centers and the companies that are storing that data have much more resources to be able to make sure all the updates are done, make sure all the patches are done, do a do pen testing on these environments, right? And in the case of data centers, having the physical security as well. With your own on-premise server, you know, you're depending on internal IT or an MSP or somebody else to maintain all of that. And they've got other clients or other things to do. And sometimes they don't have the dedicated resources to handle all of that upkeep. And then, of course, when it comes to physical security, how secure is your office? Can somebody just break in, pick up your server and walk out with it? I mean, is that a, a valid thing that could happen? And, and so I think from a safety and sec- from a security standpoint that, yes, I think it's more safe in the cloud. Is it, there's a, there's some arguments to be made for the footprint and things like that, you know, with it having a larger footprint in the cloud, things like that. But I think the being able to patch vulnerabilities and things like that kind of outweighs that to me. Now for backup, first of all, I think that, you know, done right, there's enough redundancy. The data centers are created properly. Um, you know, you have, if you're on a major provider, right, they are, you know, backing up geographically redundantly as well. We're not just talking about a RAID that's sitting in the same box, right, or a mirrored server that's sitting in the same closet. We're talking about geographically divided so that if there's an earthquake that swallows that data center, the data is someplace else as well. And then you have all of these solutions that are coming out that will back up a cloud solution like 365, you know. So I think that we're still, there's still things that can be done to make it better. But I think we've reached the tipping point where, yes, I think storing data in the cloud is actually safer than storing it in an on-premise server. Now, when it comes to safer, so one of the things I got on a cybersecurity addendum this morning from a client was everywhere that a client accesses our data, there needs to be multi-factor authentication. So my client is now thinking, okay, does that mean we need to put it on our desktops inside the office because that's where their data resides? But in the cloud... You know, they're used to going to their bank and having multi-factor, but they're not used to going to their files in the cloud. So the terms of security, and, and I don't, you know, you don't have to say specifically what Ignite does, but what do you think about, you know, the security of data in the cloud where not only is it, you know, protected by, you know, the encryption, whatever, the AES-256, but are there levels of multi-factor authentication that can be done with those? Yes, I, I think everybody who has some type of data storage in the cloud supports multi-factor authentication. We actually support multiple ways to do multi-factor authentication, um, as well as we support all of those SAML 2.0 uh, SSO vendors that do two-factor authentication uh, that you know we obviously integrate with for single sign-on. So I think 
If I was an MSP today, I would look for the single sign-on solution that gives me the most integrations with all of the products that that client is using so that I have one, a single multi-factor authentication that I have to do. And that covers, you know, at least 90% of my applications and therefore data. All right. Well, one last question I'm going to ask you. I think this is probably the more serious of all the questions that I've asked. Why did you leave the MSP world and go to the dark side? I think it was it was a multiple <laughs> set of things, right? Um, I had not quite hit that million dollar per year mark for my MSP. And I knew that to take it over that was going to be a significant amount of work. Now, the work itself didn't bother me, but we had a lot of small kids at the time who were getting to the point, you know, when kids get to the point where they start becoming interesting, well, they were getting to that point mm. and I didn't want to miss out okay. on that part. Um, so I'd already been thinking about this, right? And then I started to present for GFI uh, on the GFI Max, the RMM solution integration with Autotask. Uh, it's funny because I would get phone calls from Chip Beeler at, uh, at GFI to say, hey, would you come to this Autotask conference and present on the integration for us? Then I'd get a call from Len at Autotask, you know, a month later going, hey, we're going to this GFI Max conference. Can you come present the integration there for us? And so what happened was I just, I, you know, started this relationship with Chip Beeler uh, over at GFI and we kept talking and talking and it just kind of evolved into the point where they were looking for somebody who was interested in educating MSPs and I had the MSP background and it just kind of, you know, they liked how I presented on stage and it just, it worked out the timing for me in terms of my personal life. And then also the, the timing for GFI needing somebody to come in. And I was really intrigued by doing something different as well. I've always liked doing something different. That's why all things MSP kind of exists, right? Is because I wanted to do something that my job back then really wasn't allowing me to do uh, to get out into the community. And so I, you know, it was just something new to do. And uh, I, I do not regret it for a minute, right? There are days when I'm like, you know, being an MSP today is kind of cool. I'd almost like to go back and do that. Yeah, but there's and there's stress, man. There is stress. I, I, know, I know. And that's, the, that's <laughs> I, I will tell you, that's the major reason I don't go back is because it is a lot of stress. But there's so many things that, you know, we talk about in the community, in the All Things MSP group, that I'm like, darn, if I just had an MSP, I could go try that right now. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. All right. Well, we'll have to talk more about that. Uh, but we're running out of time. And we talked in part one of this crossover about all the conferences that are going on. So you mentioned that you had not live streamed for three weeks. Mine was, this is two weeks, basically, because last week I was at the ASCII Edge event in Tampa. I did do podcasting there. So I have a bunch of episodes that are locked and loaded and ready to go. But one of the things that I always do after a conference is chat about the conference, talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. And the first thing I want to do is say that the keynote speaker that they had, or well, one of, they actually had uh, two keynote speakers, but one that I had um, the honor of interviewing for a sh uh, podcast, and that episode will be out soon, Brittany Hodak. And she gave me a copy of her book, Creating Superfans. And just so that you know, it's legit. She signed it to my favorite, Uncle Marv. So I got that there. But she did a great presentation, and I think she has something to offer. She, I mean, basically the goal that she has is teaching you how to turn your customers into lifelong advocates. And I'm going to have her on again. And I just wanted to do a shout out to Askey for getting her probably uh, one of the best keynotes that at least that I've seen. I'm not going to say the best, but, you know, one of the best that I've seen. So shout out to Brittany for that. And of course, I talk about swag. So, Eric, when you guys go out and do your 
booths and stuff, do you, do you put a lot of thought into your swag? I would say that we do on a yearly basis, uh-huh. right? Uh, we look at what's new. We look at what people really want and, and we try to adjust on a year to year basis. Um, I don't think we do it individually per show because that would be a lot. It gets and, to be a lot, doesn't we, it? It's a lot. Yeah. So one of the things that I've, I don't know how this turned into a thing, but I, you know, when I first started going to conferences, I didn't want the swag. I'm like, I, I just don't need your tchotchkes. I don't, I'm not going to wear your shirt. Right. <laughs> but then it got to be a thing where, hey, some of this stuff is pretty cool. So I do a shout out now to vendors that put some thought into swag. And I actually don't have one of the ones I wanted to talk about. But I, I talked about Spectrum that I had such a fantastic time with them last night. But they actually won the uh, writing utensil category. They had one of the better pens that I have found at a conference. You know, I like pens that that feel like a pen. Right. You know, not the little plastic thing, but it's it's got a little weight to it. It's got the clicker on it. Yep. You know, I don't like the cap that I can lose or. You know, I've got to figure out how to twist it. Now you've got to push and twist. And now, so Spectrum, surprise, surprise, uh, gets a nod from me in the writing utensil category for their pen. And I wish I'd have brought it over before that. Now, I do want to do a, I, I always have a, a company that I kind of, you know, for lack of a better phrase, I just, I just dog them. Because I'm like, you've got to put some thought into your swag. I mean, some of the stuff is just, you know, crap. But this time, it, ooh, my headphones. There we go. Couldn't hear myself. Uh, so this was a vendor. I actually just recently had them on. They're part of the, the ConnectWise Pidget program, Vanahai. And they came out with this. And I thought, okay, what the heck? And it turns, it's one of these freaking Star Wars sabers. Oh, it's a lightsaber. Yes. And it, it, if you can see, it actually lights up and does colors. And it's plastic and it's cheap and chintzy. <laughs> but um, I'm not a big Star Wars guy, as some of my listeners will, will laugh at. But I'm not sure what I think of this. But I, but I had to mention it. Well, with so many Star Wars fans, Star Trek fans, I think it's it's kind of it it meets that demographic, yep. right? Um, I don't think it's useful. I think it'll end up in the garbage pretty quick. Oh, my nephew will take it and demolish it at some point. Exactly, exactly. So. Um, you know, I also, you mentioned t-shirts. I don't like t-shirts because you have to buy so many different sizes. Yeah. You never know. Like, that's just. Well, the problem with t-shirts, it's got to be one that you want to wear. It's got to be yeah. good material. It's got to have a logo or picture design that's just not ridiculous, you know, to the point where, yes, it'll be cool around other techies. But you can't wear that to the grocery store. You can't hang out with your friends, you know, that aren't techs. And dude, what's that? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Whatever. Uh, Another thing I wanted to bring up is we always talk about how swag has changed so much that we don't get the techie things. Mm -hmm. And for like two, three, four years, I have not been able to find a charger or a good decent cord. Now some of the cords have come back, especially the longer cords. Right. But this is the first charger I have seen in at least two years. Uh by Red Store. And not only is it a charger, it's a sixty-five watt. Yeah, that, that's the impressive piece charger. there, right? It's sixty-five watts. And it's got both the regular USB and the USB C in there. So that shout out to Red Store for doing that. Fantastic. And I'll tell you, those are those come in clutch sometimes because especially like I've got a relatively new MacBook Pro, right? The charger for that, because I think it's a 95 watt, Ooh. is like huge. And so having the smaller ones, even though they're not as much power, 
the nice thing about the MacBook Pro is if I charge it up overnight while it's not running, it will charge off a 65 watt. Yeah. Um, I just can't, it won't charge while the computer's actually running. Mm. Uh, but for most purposes, this MacBook Pro will run all day long, you know, for what I need, especially when I, if I'm at a show. Yeah. So last, I want to, I, I probably need to apologize to this vendor because I just openly told them that they they had some crap swag. I told them. The first time I saw them, they had these little stickers and stuff, and then they tried to upgrade it with, you know, the sock that everybody's been doing. I'm not a big fan of the socks. And then when I rolled up on their booth, they have this cookie that they put their logo on, and I'm just like, okay, who's going to eat a stale cookie? And trust me, there were a lot of vendors this time that came out with like Cheetos and crackers. And I'm like, what the heck? But CyberFox, I, I have to give them props. They they brought a shirt this time. Um, again, I mean, it's not what I'm going to wear, but it's a decent quality shirt. They have a hat. And this is something that I have been on the bandwagon of going back to mugs. Now, I've kind of gotten off the drinkware category but i did it at the pax 8 beyond event vendors that are willing to bring a nice hard ceramic mug to a conference and risk them being broke during shipment or to risk us breaking them on the way home um i i give them kudos for that so CyberFox, this was not a part of their original swag i do know that the shirts and the mug are new, and it's a good size mug. This is a good 15-ouncer. So kudos to CyberFox. And somebody was doing good because the logo's on both sides. It's one of the things I always like about it. Yeah. I, I just wish the inside wasn't white because we know how that looks with coffee after a while. Even though this is not going to be drunken out of this goes on the vendor shelf out in my front lobby. But uh, that's your swag for, for this year. Done okay? Yeah. Yeah? All right. So. You know what that is? It's time for. Sounds Flo- like an alligator growl to me. <laughs> it's for, time for Florida man. And uh, now I did not task you with trying to come up with a story to compete against Florida man, but you are in Florida. And do you happen to know, or do you have a story that has been in your head for the last few days that it's like, oh my goodness, Florida man is at it again. Do you have anything that stands out? I actually don't. I've been so busy. I have not been up keeping up with my, my Florida man, uh, YouTube videos. Okay. So here's what, uh, happened in the last 24 hours or has been reported in the last 24 hours. A Florida man shot at his pool cleaner, believing the cleaner was a home intruder. Jana Hosevar reported being startled when she saw an unknown man on her pool deck. Her husband Bradley yelled at the man several times, asking him to leave the premises as he retrieved a gun and called, and the wife called 911. Bradley fired towards Polek as Polek approached the door with a flashlight and continued to fire as he fled the scene, firing a total of 30 rounds in about 90 seconds. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And I'm sorry, but why is the pool cleaner there when it's dark? I don't know. 9 p.m. Like there's something wrong with that story. Yes. Especially, well, especially now. Yeah. Especially now as Florida is considering that, you know, you don't need a permit to carry a gun. You don't need a concealed weapons thing. And everybody is shooting everybody in Florida. We have, that's probably about the sixth or seventh shooting story in the last uh, two months. So are they trying to take away the, the, the requirement to have a concealed carry permit? Yes. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, for, we're, for concealed carry. Oh yeah, we're we're dealing with. Look, it's Florida. Anybody can have a gun anywhere, anytime, and we can shoot anybody anywhere, anytime. I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna be the new Texas. Sounds like I moved out, you know, just in time. <laughs> uh, but here's an update on the story. Uh, he won't face charges for shooting at the intruder as part of the Florida Stand Your Ground law. <laughs> you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here because I, I I almost believe that the pool cleaner was taking his life into his own hands by trying to clean a pool at 9 p.m. Well, here's the thing. Either this must have been before he got started. Like he must have been like walking around the back or something because if you're already at the pool with the cleaning supplies, right? The owner can probably look out and say, Hey, what are you doing? Cleaning your pool. So something must have been going on. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like he was because he had a flashlight, right? <laughs> John says he was leaving a bill or a note. I, you know, my guess is he had a flashlight and he was trying to find like the lights or the yeah. switch or something. And that's probably. Yeah. You know, probably a bit much. The whole thing. Probably a bit much. All right, my friend. Well, we have come to the end of hour two. I think we have successfully done the first ever podcast crossover event. I think we have. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, sir. I'm sorry, John. <laughs> First thought about the guy who shot 30 times and missed needs to learn how to shoot. That reminds me of, oh, I forget that uh, sheriff's name up in North Florida where there was a shooting incident. I've got the video and the audio somewhere where he's basically like, if you need to learn how to shoot, come on down. We'll teach you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, 30 times and miss, that's... That's not very good. No, unless it was intentional. Yeah, I doubt it, though. And speaking of gunshots, I now have fireworks going off in my neighborhood. Um, and what are you celebrating? I I don't know what they're celebrating. I... Now, now you're in Carolina, right? This is. Are you still near the uh, the Raleigh Durham area? Correct. Oh, so they're probably just getting a head start on Fourth of July. They are. They are. I, I remember that area well. The town of Wake Forest is one of my favorites. Yeah. Hmm. We, we we actually live on the opposite side from, from Wake Forest. Okay. You're on the nice side. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call it the nice side. Oh, but you're on the other side. You're closer to the Durham area, right? Are you talking about the north corridor there? No, I'm, I'm talking about the south because... Oh, oh, down on the south side. Northeast. Right. I'm more in the southwest corner. Down, is that, that's not the Greensboro. What's down there? Wilmington? Oh, no. Wilmington is way out by the coast. Okay. It's been forever. So I'm down closer to Garner. Garner, okay. All right. That's still an okay area. It is, um, it's typically quiet, except for the gunshots. Except for tonight. (laughs) Gunshots and fireworks, so. Yep. All right, Eric. Well, thank you very much for hanging out and spending this time. We will thank you. say goodbye to our listeners here. So, folks, if you have watched the video, we appreciate you taking the time to do so. If you are listening to the audio and you want to catch part one, you can either go to the video or head over to the All Things MSP podcast because they are going to have that there. This is the IT Business Podcast. We live stream every week as much as we can, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. But if you head over to the website, itbusinesspodcast.com, you can see that we put out a ton of other audio podcasts that you can get either at the website or with your favorite podcatcher. Just hit follow on whichever one you want, Apple, Google, Castos, whatever. Uh, We're there. And you can catch all these great uh, shows, find out about Florida Man, and hear great and wonderful guests like Eric Anthony from Ignite. And, of course, you were a great guest on my show tonight, too. So I have to say that um, and very much appreciate you taking the time to do that. All righty. So that's going to do it for this, folks. 
Uh, thank you, Eric, for hanging out. Thank you all for listening, downloading, and subscribing. We'll see you next time. And until then, holla.